born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. You know, one of the greatest things that I ever learned from the Bible was that you can know that you have eternal life, know that you're going to heaven when you die. I didn't know that before. I was always under the impression, you've got to wait till you die to find out where you're going. And I didn't know anybody knew because nobody ever told me they, they was going to heaven. Everybody I knew, they always told me they were going to hell. So I just hoped that, uh, you know, it wouldn't be quite so bad and that maybe I could do a little good so it could maybe, you know, smooth it a little bit. And I'd put a tear in my eye and God would say, oh, you're such a nice guy, Yankee. I'm going to let you on in. I didn't know it was free to get in. Nobody had ever told me that. But anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that because this lecture requires that. So in the book of Galatians, and we are there in the book of Galatians chapter 4. Now, you might have thought we finished it up the last lecture. No, we kind of cover like a little overview, and then we go back and look at some of uh, the verses a little bit more in detail. And um, this is why we are so strong on teaching the two natures. And mainly because of Galatians chapter 4 and 5. Uh, it really lays it out beautiful about the two natures. So before we get into your notes, you might want to write down a couple other scriptures on the top of your notes. Like the book of John chapter 3. Look in John chapter 3. Believe it or not, these are the verses that my father-in-law told me to read. I read the first three chapters... And I stood up and I took his Bible and I threw it on the couch. I was so rude. I was 18 years old. And uh, he told me, he says, Yankee, sit down. <laughs> so I sat down. And he told me the best news in all the world. He explained it to me. And I finally saw what he was talking about. I even read John 3.16. I didn't get it. So it shows you you can read the Bible and not get a thing out of it. Because I did and I didn't get it. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I was as natural of a man as you can get. So here in the book of John in chapter 3, I want you to notice very quickly. Look in verse 3. In verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word again actually means born from above. It doesn't mean have another earthly birth. Because Nicodemus didn't understand it either. He says, you mean i got to get back in my mother's womb and be born again? No, you don't want your mother dead. You've got to be born from above. That means a birth that's God is the Father. And I didn't understand any of that. So the answer was down there in verse, believe it or not, verse 16. But first of all, I want you to see what he says here in verse 5. 
Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So in verse 3, you can't see it. And in verse 5, you can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Well, I've never been born again. I didn't even know what it meant. Never even heard it before. And so then he says there in verse 6, That which is born of the flesh, flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit, spirit. So that means that um, there's two births. Two births, two different sources. Two different natures. Now, if you want to know how do you get born into God's family, there's a simple explanation. Look in verse 12 of chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 12. And he tells you, in verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So by believing on Christ, it means you're trusting Christ to take you to heaven when you die because he paid for my sins. Why am I going to go to heaven now? Well, because he paid for my sins. The only reason I was going to hell is because I had to pay for my sins. Well, he paid for them. And he said, if I believe it, he put that payment to my account. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to heaven. It means those who believe it will have that payment put to their account and they get to go to heaven. You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. Do I have to go to church to go to heaven? No. Do I have to keep the Ten Commandments? No. Do I have to give money? No. I don't have to do anything. Why? It's free. He paid the way. He paid for my sins, and he says, if I will accept what he did for me, he'd give me eternal life, and I could be the son of God, a child of God, born into God's family. Now, very quickly, turn all the way over there to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter and chapter 1. 1 Peter is right before 2 Peter, before the book of Hezekiah. Right before Hezekiah. Now, if you find Hezekiah, raise your hand. All right, here we are now in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, look in verse 23. Verse 23. Being born again. Look what he says. Not of corruptible seed. That means not because of your mama and daddy. You see, when we were born of our parents, we got an old sinful nature. Why? Because that's what they had. Why do we lie and steal and cheat and covet and all the sins that we do? Why do we do all that? Why are we so rebellious? Well, we like going astray like a bunch of sheep because that's our nature. It's the nature of a sinful person. And we got it from our parents. And where did they get it? Well, from their parents. And where did they get it? Well, from their parents. It cannot stop. It cannot be changed. So God has to give you a new birth born from above. Not born from your mom and daddy. Not something that you can do. Not by the will of man. So he says here in verse 23... Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Then he says here in verse 25, but the word of the Lord endureth for how long? Forever. And you're born by the word of God. So the word of God, when you read it and understand it and you believe it, then God will give you this new birth. Now, you can't see it. You say, how do I know I got it? Because <laughs> God said so. Because there is nothing. You can't go by feelings. He said, i got to feel the Spirit. Where are you? You can't feel the Spirit. When Jesus came back from the dead, and they said, huh, it's his Spirit. He says, no, 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 no. Reach forth your hand. I'm flesh and bone. He didn't say blood because he shed his blood. Because you can't feel the Spirit. I know we love to sing that song, and I used to sing it all the time. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart. But anyway, it's a nice song. It's not too bad. But we don't really feel the Spirit in that sense. So how do I know I'm saying? Because I feel it. 
Well, what happens when the feeling goes away? Well, I don't guess I'm saved now. So it has nothing to do with that. You go by what the Word of God says. So he said in the last part of verse 25, this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So when we preach the gospel and a person believes that gospel, what's the gospel? The good news. So when you believe it and you trust Christ as Savior, he gives you as a free gift everlasting life. Now, take your Bible and turn to the book of Galatians now in chapter 4. Galatians in chapter 4. There's a a few verses here that I want you to look at. So we're going to talk about how Christ is to be formed in the child of God. See, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, now you have Christ living within you. Now, how do I know he's living within me? Because he says so. See, faith is taking God at his word. So I was saved by faith. I took God at his word. And I'm to live by faith. Take God at his word. So I know I have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God said so. And I know that Christ lives within me. Why? Because God said so. You go by what God says. And when you can trust the Lord and believe that his word is true, there's all kinds of things that God will teach you. And this is one of them. In verse 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Now, after you have been born into God's family, it's for you to be formed in the image of Christ. God wants you to grow up and be an adult child, a, a spiritual, mature individual. Now, Betty and I, we've had three children. But now these three children born into our family, they'll always be our children. And when they're obedient, they're mine. And when they're disobedient, they're hers. But once they're born into our family, they will always be our children. But we've had to spend years raising them, you know, teaching them to, you know, to walk and to talk and all the things they're supposed to learn and trying to teach them as much as we can. And I'm sure if we could do it over again, we'd probably do a little bit better job. But you got to start with what you got. Remember, Betty married me and I didn't know anything about God. She married me. I didn't go to church. I was not a religious individual. I was a, I was a pretty good kid. But I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know anything about the Lord. Last thing I'd ever want to do is give money to a church. That was totally out the window. So her dad had a lot of work to do on me. Because I was satisfied with just dungarees and a t-shirt. And then I started going to church and they were trying to teach me how to tie a tie. When I get to heaven, if he's there, I'm going to choke him with one of them. Because that's, uh, that's one of the worst things in the world. But anyways, we're moving right along. I want you to look there because in verse 22 again, for it is written, Abraham had two sons, one bond woman, a bond maid, and the other one by a free woman. Now, what I want to do is look there at your notes. Chapter 4, the allegory of the two natures. That's verse 19 that we just read just a minute ago. Then you have verses 22 and 23. Abraham had two sons. Children of Abraham are those who were born of the promise, and as Abraham had two sons, every believer has two births within him. In other words, look up here, and this is how I try to explain it in a simple way. When I was born into this world, I was born Ishmael. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was born Isaac. Now, do y'all understand what I just said? Because my first birth was a flesh birth, and that was Ishmael. I was born with a sinful nature, and I was trapped And I was under the law, and I was condemned, and I could not deliver myself. So I was a sinner that could not change my nature. I couldn't stop what I was. I was born a sinner. 
and I will be a sinner, and then I'm going to die a sinner. And so I had no hope. Lo and behold, I trusted Christ as my Savior, and God saved me by grace, and so now I have a new birth, and this new birth is Isaac. And he is the one that is the son, and he is the one that is uh, an heir. And so um, the thing to keep in mind is this. These two sons represent two natures. Ishmael had an old sinful nature. And this is only an allegory. It's a story of individuals to teach some great spiritual truths. In other words, it's more than meets the eye. Like the word Proverbs, a pro and verbum, meaning more than meets the eye. There's more there than just what you see. And so you have Isaac, and that's your new birth, because he was born by faith. Because Abraham believed God. He staggered not at the promises of God, but believed. And God's righteousness was put to his account because he believed what God said about the son. Now, look at the next verse. 24 and 25 an allegory of the two births. The flesh birth was born a slave, been a child of a woman that was a slave. Our flesh birth inherited the same status and traits that one who gave birth to it had. Now, look up here. This is my flesh birth. It was born of my mommy and daddy. They had both had a sinful nature, and guess what they did? They passed it on to me. And so I became just like my parents. And we all are rebellious. We want to go our own way, do our own thing. And we don't like anybody telling us what to do, even God. That's why we'll stand in defiance of God. And we don't want to hear about God. Don't tell me about the Bible. I don't need church. I don't need anything spiritual. All we know is I'm here and I'm, it's now and there's this world and I can see it and touch it. And I want to enjoy it and I want everything I can get. And so a lot of people just, that's their goal in life. Get everything from this life you can possibly get. Squeeze everything out of it you can. And who cares about the future? They care only about now. Well, that's a little bit about the way I was. Not real bad, but I, I, I had no spiritual discernment whatsoever. Now, look at these little statements that we have here. Our flesh birth inherited the same status. So we had an old sinful nature... And the flesh birth is only subject to the law, not God. In other words, this fellow, he is under the dominion of the law. In other words, you say, how bad am I? I mean, I told a little white lie once, and God gave us his righteous law. The first four of the commandments is about you and God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and mind, body, soul, and strength, and we haven't. Love thy neighbors thyself, and we don't. We don't do anything God says for us to do, because we don't care what God wants. My life is about what do I want, and then the last six is about us and mankind. You know, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, and thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not. So those are all do's and don'ts, what to do, what not to do, and we break everything. If a man keeps the whole law and offend in one point, he's guilty of of all of it. Here you are hanging over a cliff and there's 10 links in a chain. You're hanging on to the last link in the chain. How many links in the chain have to break before you fall? Just one. Does it matter which one? Well, I never did this, this, and this, and this. Have you ever lusted? Well, who hasn't? Hello. I mean, goodbye. 
just mashed potatoes, bud. And so we have all sinned against the Lord. Look at the next statement there. The flesh birth is corrupt. The flesh birth is in bondage to sin. The flesh birth is temporary. It's temporary for the unbelievers also. The flesh cannot live eternally, and unbelievers will live eternally in hell. The flesh birth will die. The flesh birth is from Adam who sinned. So this guy here, I was 18 years old when I trusted the Lord. Now, lo and behold, I'm almost 50. And I'm getting older, and I'm going to die. And that's the flesh birth. So it doesn't matter how long you live, you're going to die anyway. Sooner or later, you're going to die. You're going to croak. And I'm going to do your funeral. And I'm going to tell people where you went. If you tell me first where you went. That's why it's always good to let people know where are you going to spend eternity. It brings a lot of comfort to them. But unless you're, if you're going to heaven, it'll bring a lot of comfort. <laughs> but if you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, you know, that's bad news. Anyway, look at letter C. Verse 26, the birth from above, John 3, 3, that we just read just a minute ago, means to be born from above. The spirit birth was born free and inherited the same status and traits from whom it was born. Now, this birth over here, look over here. This birth is free from a sinful nature. It was not born with a sinful nature. So it's not trapped. It's not on the law. The law was made for an unrighteous man. It wasn't made for a righteous man. This is a New birth, born of God, divine spirit. And you have divine promises, divine nature. So this one here doesn't have a sinful nature, so it cannot sin. Now, how many births do I have? Well, me, I got two. The person who's never trusted Christ as Savior only has this one. This is all he's got. You trust Christ as Savior, God gives you this new birth. It was born of God. And since it can't sin, it can't die, God's the Father, you have eternal life, and since you can't die, you'll be a child of God forever. And so that's why we know this birth is going to die, and when, when you die, you leave this body, and you go immediately to hell, and you do not collect $200 as you go past go. Now look at the next statement. Number one is the spirit birth is subject to God. The spirit birth is not corrupt. Spirit birth is free from sin. The spirit birth is eternal. Spirit birth will never die. The spirit birth is born from God. It's born from above. There is a difference. So when you trusted Christ as Savior, God didn't change the flesh birth. He just simply gave you a new spirit birth. Now, look at uh, verse 27 in your notes here. Rejoice thou, barren, because the few, that's those that are believers, must come from the many who were lost. Here, for example, look at all the people in the world that were born into this world. If they're born into this world, that's the children of the flesh, right? So those who trust Christ as Savior must come from the many. The few has to come from the many that are in the flesh. Now, whenever we talk about Ishmael, the flesh, they have a lot more children of the flesh than we do of the Spirit. And that's the way it is today. But you see, there are a lot more of the people from Ishmael's side of the family, and about 54 nations, and you have all the Arabs around the world. Think of how many they are compared to a few million Jews, Israelites, in the land of Israel, and some in New York, and some in uh, 
Miami and they're scattered here and there, but they're few compared to the many. And that's the way it is today. That's the way it was back then. And whenever you and I trust Christ as Savior, remember this, there's a lot more of the flesh children than there are of the spirit children. So what does the majority of the flesh do against the spirit? They fight, fight. And the flesh persecutes the believer, and the believer has to defend and he fights back, and it's a war going back and forth. Why? Because they're both fighting over this body. Only got one body. I got two births living inside of this one body. One you can see, one you can't. But the Bible says that this battle is going to rage. Now, we'll get more into that when we get into chapter 5, but we're not there yet. So, Sarah was barren until Isaac. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was their voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel, Jacob's wife, who also was barren until Joseph, weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. Herod killed a remnant of children about the age of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was born and Herod came in and had the children two years old and under? He was stabbing at one baby trying to kill Christ. But look at the children that were, and so it says, uh, weeping for her children. And these are people that never got a chance to live and to grow up. And so whenever you talk about the few, here's Sarah married to Abraham. And there's Hagar, she's married to Abraham. And she was a slave. And she was his wife, Sarah. And she only had a couple of kids, and she has all these children. And they mocked Sarah. They mocked Isaac. And so that's why this over here, the flesh, fights against this birth. In other words, I want to go live like the devil. And this over here says, no, you're not. And this one says, I'm going to go to church. No, you're not. And you have this battle back and forth in your life. You want to do good, and you want to do bad. Isn't it true? Stop and think and ask yourself, isn't this true? You want to do right and you want to do wrong too. You want to go to church and you don't want to go to church. You want to witness, but you don't want to witness. You want to read the Bible and you don't want to read the Bible. Because see, these are two extremes. This one can't do anything good and this one can't do anything bad. Two extremes living inside of you and you're trying to figure, how can I get victory in my Christian life? And most Christians never get victory because they never take the time to learn how to walk with the Lord and depend upon Him. But anyway, look at letter E. When I was born into this world, I was born Ishmael. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was born Isaac. This is only an illustration. (laughs) Keep that in mind. The new birth is the answer for those under the law. Now, when you read in the book of Matthew in chapter 5 and it talks about the Beatitudes, it's under the law. But the cure for the law is the new birth. Because the flesh birth cannot fulfill the righteous demands of the law. Which Christ is going to demand when he sets up his kingdom. And that's why, see there, number one, blessed are the poor in spirit. The new birth can rejoice. And every one of these things down through here, the new birth is the answer for every one of these. Now look at letter F. Letter F. Verse 28. As Isaac was the child by promise, so is the new birth. The new birth is what God has promised to everyone who trusts Christ as Savior. Remember, we need to promise to Abraham 
that whosoever would believe in Christ, that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That means anybody anywhere in the world can be blessed. What is this blessedness? Well, to have eternal life. To go to heaven when you die. To be justified by faith. To be declared righteous. Not by your works. But freely. Just by believing that what Christ did, he did that for me. So when Christ died, that means he died for you. And if he died for you, that means he loved you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. You can't say, nobody loves me. <laughs> yes, he does. And when he died for you, why did he, why did he die for you? To pay for your sins. Why did he pay for my sins? Because he didn't want me to do it. So whenever he paid for my sins and came back from the dead, the only thing he wanted me to do or you to do, is would you believe he did that for you? You see, he took my place. He was my substitute. I didn't do anything to deserve to go into heaven. He did all the work for me and offers it to me as a gift. Now, what kind of a person would I do to reject God's love gift and slap him in the face and spit on him and have nothing to do with God? What kind of a person am I? That's the best news I ever heard in my life. So I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I've never been afraid to say it or ashamed to say it. Best thing I could have ever done. I'll look in verse 29 here. The flesh birth is the first and is at war with the new birth. The mechanism for the flesh. Where does the flesh get its motivation? You have a sinful nature, something that motivates, something that drives inside of you. Because there's the lusts of the flesh. It wants you to be satisfied. The desires of your sinful nature, they want to be satisfied, gratified. Either by the things that we see. Oh, they got a new car. I got to have one. Oh, they got a new house. I got to have one. They got millions of dollars. I want a million dollars. And you want whatever the world has, I got to have it too. I told somebody the other day, I've never tried to keep up with the Joneses. I just wait and catch them on their way back. Most people going up, then coming down, going up and coming down. And so, um, look at letter A. The eyes see and hear temptation. You see, with your eyes, you hear and you see, and you're tempted. And you may think, well, I'm above temptation. So here goes this good-looking blonde bombshell walking by with one of these atomic dresses, you know, 50% fallout. And you go, and you, well, I guess I'm going to hell now. And you hope that you can get right with God before a Mack truck runs you over. Well, see, that's the flesh. The flesh has sinful desires. Now, there's nothing wrong in having some of these desires if they're in the right place. It's just like having a, a fire in your house. It's okay in the fireplace. But if you put that fire in the attic, it can burn the whole house down. Sex isn't wrong in the right place with the right person, married. But outside of marriage, totally wrong. You can't make it right. You can't just, and love doesn't change the facts. It's that you got to do right, and we don't always do right. We have this sinful nature, and it motivates us. The mind of the flesh contemplates the temptation. You think about it. There's a desire. Then you got to feel like, how can I accomplish this and fulfill this temptation? And remember this. The Bible says in the book of James, God tempts no man. God never tempts you to sin. I mean, here's God. He get up this morning, he's going to tempt you to do something wrong. God doesn't do that. God is holy. 
And the Holy Spirit can never lead a person to do something unholy or ungodly. The devil will try to lure you. But remember, don't blame everything on the devil. You see, you've got a little devil living inside of you. Oh, sinful nature that's just like the devil's. Your sinful nature that's against God is just like the nature Satan has. Remember, Satan is the one who lied to, to Eve and deceived her. And look at the damage that's been done around the world. Would take my place. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.